the local Thomasville movie theater plays old movies. Yeah. Um, like twice a week. Um, so I'm going to see Dirty Dancing in the theater, okay. which was delightful. Mm-hmm. And this past weekend, Jordan and I went and saw My Cousin Vinny. Oh, okay. Which we love. Yeah. Um, very good movie. It's a very good movie. And Jordan cracks me up because sometimes with movies like that, you feel like the South gets like a Yeah, for real... sure. But to be fair, so does New York. Yes. Have you seen the movie? Have you seen My Cousin Vinny? Yeah. Okay. So I had not seen it till... I didn't see it till college. Um... Or till I think after college, maybe when Jordan was in law school, because he was originally in law school in Georgia, mm-hmm. and Jordan is baffled and laughs frequently at how the South is competitive with each other. Uh-huh. So he was in a classroom or in a law school class of mostly Georgians, like mm-hmm. almost everybody at this particular and school he's from, is from Georgia, and he's from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And they would like make fun of him and stuff like that. And Jordan just thought it was hilarious because. Mm-hmm. Georgia and Alabama aren't the same. No. But but the things they were making fun of, you could easily also right. make fun of in like, Georgia. Of the states that are different, those two are not very. No, and like <laughs> I'm gonna include Mississippi in yep. that. Like Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, like South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like there's the, the a lot of, of similarities. So Jordan just always thought it was so funny how there was this like almost competitive well, anyway but some kid in his class recommended my cousin Vinny he was like oh you're from Alabama you've got to see this movie <laughs> so I wondered we watched it together when he was in law school and then we watched it together this weekend and Jordan cracks me up because once he gets laughing he like doesn't st- like he just <laughs> and he we got out of the theater and he was like that's just the most accurate portrayal of Alabama I've ever seen <laughs> and I couldn't decide what I thought about that because so mm, between that Forrest Gump and Sweet Home Alabama y- yeah I think he would say my choose. cousin Benny <laughs> and the reason because I was like good like they took these kids to jail without any evidence or thought uh-huh. <laughs> and Jordan was like well yeah but did you see the last scene when, like, all the Alabamians are on the courthouse steps waving at Vinny and, like, they're all friends? He was like, that's Alabama. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so true. Like, they started out these mortal enemies and then yeah. by the end, they're just waving Look, on the courthouse hey. steps. <laughs> it made me laugh. And the other observation I had is that Marissa Tomei, yeah. does she ever age? No. Either she has the world's best plastic surgeon or Perhaps. she just is aging beautifully. Yeah, because it's that, that movie is old. And then Seinfeld, and then let's skip way ahead into the future into Spider-Man. Right. What was she in recently? Spider-Man. Is that it? Was she yeah. the mom? She's Aunt May. Yeah. 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 That's bananas. I, I know, feel like, but I feel like she looks pretty much the same. Yeah. No, she's aged incredibly well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think what else she's in. I don't know. I don't either, but I feel like she's in other things. She's definitely in other things, but I am not aware of them well, at this moment. So I also, while we were watching, I was like, hey, is that the kid from Karate Kid? Which mm. it is. Okay. But the other um, defendant is also recognizable, and I could, I could not place it. I was like, what is he from? So as soon as we got out of the movie theater, I try real hard to use my brain, but then yeah. I do resort to IMDb. Right, like I as can. we all do. So I looked up on IMDb didn't see anything so I was like gosh I just know I recognize him from somewhere and so then like I'm scrolling deep down the IMDB records yeah. you know and then I see it he was um Rachel on Friends Barry she was Rachel's Barry and I was like like her first oh no husband or fiance yeah and I was like oh my gosh 
He was. From, like, the pilot? Yeah, like, in the couple episodes, there's just a couple seasons, a couple episodes in seasons one and two where Barry shows up. Uh Uh-huh. And I just died laughing that I've seen Friends enough times. That's so funny that you recognize this very small part. Super obscure. (laughs) Like, I kept thinking, this guy is from something recognizable. I I know him. I definitely know. That's so funny. Yeah, and I did know him from, from (laughs) From like, two episodes of Friends. Welcome to episode 208 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I'm having trouble sleeping. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. I go through these cycles of going to sleep really easily and not going to sleep very easily. Can you sense a pattern? No. Like, I just wonder... Are you drinking caffeine? No. Um, I'm not. But maybe there is some... I can't get to sleep when I'm upset about anything. Um, yeah, same. So if I, if I am even remotely upset about something, I'm not going to sleep. Okay. Um, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> and I know not how everyone is wired. Yeah. Um... Thank goodness. Th- thank goodness. Or, or we would be all be terrible. <laughs> and so, like, I have gotten better as I've gotten older, sure. for the most part, of being able to, like, breathe and calm down and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I can get to sleep. That hasn't been the issue. The last two nights, I have not been able to turn my brain off, but I'm not even thinking about anything upsetting or important or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, not dissertation stuff, not wedding planning stuff, like, nothing that matters. Just can't shut down yeah it is miserable that is miserable have you tried here are my recommend are you ready yes i am dr jones please um have you sprayed your pillow with lavender no that sounds nice it's delightful that was i told jordan you know we've had this conversation before you and i about what would make us feel really wealthy oh yeah and I told, made the mistake of telling Jordan, you know those people who like spray stuff on their sheets? So that's what Jordan got me for Christmas. <laughs> spray stuff on their sheets and pizza delivery. Yeah, and pizza delivery. <laughs> <laughs> so um, lavender on your, either spray it on your sheets or I know like I feel several different ways about essential oils, but sure. rub lavender on your temples mm-hmm. before bed. Um, drink hot tea, but mm-hmm. not the caffeinated no. kind. I love chamomile. Um, heat up a little heating pad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling cozy just talking about I'm gonna it. I'm going to try all these things. I, You know what I asked for for my birthday was a weighted blanket. Oh, I yeah. I keep seeing it on uh-huh. Instagram and I'm like, I think I might want to try one I of these. I think I want one too. Yeah. That sounds really nice. Doesn't it? Yeah. Because I, I felt like it was kind of this, uh, like this kitschy, like give me a break. But then I read a couple of reviews and I was like, maybe I do want one. Listeners, if you've got weighted blanket reviews yeah. for me, um, hit me up at podcast at bookshelfthomasville.com. Yeah, report back. I would really love to know. I want to know if they work. Yeah. Because the other thing is, like, I don't want another thing on my bed. Like, right. You know, but at the same time, if right. it works. Exactly. And, like, I understand that Instagram is a lot of, like, influencer culture and a lot of, like, people who get free things in order to give 
the company's publicity. Right. That's not the kind of commentary I want on these weighted blankets. Be- Just for the tell record. Tell us the truth. Tell us, tell me the truth. I can handle it. <laughs> this is something I'm sincerely curious about. And so let me know. I'm curious. Um, can we, before we just dive in, because yeah. we do have a lot of books to talk about, but does it feel like the 87th day of January to you? Yeah. And I know we do this all the I time. I understand. And we talk about this at the end of literally every month for the past, like, nine years. nine years we've been doing yeah. this show. <laughs> However long it's been. I don't know. We live in a Some time warp. D- Some days feels like nine. But January feels like, honestly, the longest month of my life. And January 2019. Yeah. And everybody is complaining about that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen that on the internet ever- everywhere. Here's the thing. I'm kind of grateful mm-hmm. because I feel like I've not been able to get my act together. Mm. So the more days I have to get my act together, the yeah. better. So like on the one hand, I'm grateful. On the other hand, I'm looking at the calendar like, when will this end? Like, <laughs> When is this going to be over? Yeah. And I know time is a construct, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course. But yeah. It just feels forever and ever it long. It is. I was trying to remember something the other night and I was like, you know, it was last week when we saw that movie. No, we saw the movie two weeks ago. Yeah, it's weird. I I have no January idea. January brain is weird, and I'm with you. I know we do this all the time, but there it seems like there's something, there's something in the water this month where I just feel like Oof, it's just yeah. this is never gonna end. And hey, just as a another side note, because this is what we do on this show, I'm supposed to get below freezing tonight. That's right. It and is. so it's not negative sixty like it will be in Chicago. Yeah. But it is gonna get below freezing, and that's. Exciting. I was about to say, I saw 25 degrees. And you know, last time it was 25 degrees here. It, it snowed. snowed. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't either, but I'm excited. Um, and several years ago on this day, according to Facebook, is the time that Tallahassee got a snow day. Oh, for and nothing. I had, for nothing. And I, I built a like three-inch tall snowman in a, in a pot. Yeah, I'm envious of people's snow days. And I know snow can be catastrophic. Oh, for sure. Like that time it snowed, our system... My sister-in-law lived in Atlanta during that like snow apocalypse, and what a nightmare! And I know people not from the South make fun of the South for reacting to snow the way they do. But here's the Guys, thing: we they don't, don't have the infrastructure. I was gonna say we can't. It's not even that we're too stupid to drive in it. It's, it's like that we don't have the capability. Right, our roads aren't built for it. They're constructed <laughs> of different material. We would drive off the side of the road for, through no fault of our own. Yeah, well, it's like I'm not afraid of a hurricane right. in the way that somebody from Minnesota probably would be. That's true. But I'm. I don't know how to drive in snow, and I'm afraid of that. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. So, it's the end of the month, and like we do on this show at the end of every month, we're going to talk about what books we finished this month. And because this month was forever long, yeah. guess what? I read a lot of books. Nine. Pretty I read good. nine books. And then, are these some that you did not finish? These are for next week's oh, episode. Oh, for next week's episode. Okay. <laughs> Which we're recording back to back. Yeah, that's how we roll here. Okay. So, nine That sounds books. great. So let's start it off then. All These Wonders. So All These Wonders is a collection of essays. It came out a couple years ago by the creators of Moth. Okay, um, yeah. Moth Storytelling. Mm-hmm. I won, I'm using air quotes, this book at our um, my book club's annual Christmas party. So at our Christmas party, we do a book exchange and we like do it, how do you call it? Like Dirty Elephant style. Is Dirty Elephant? White, White elephant, elephant. Dirty, dirty Santa. Cr- dirty Santa, nasty Christmas. <laughs> dirty elephant sounds weird. Yeah, let's not ever say that again. <laughs> um, so we do it White Elephant style. Um, I wanted this book from the beginning. It is the book I left with. I cannot imagine a better book to have started my year with. Awesome. Um, and I know that's high praise, but what I mean is it was a collection of essays. So like I started it during the holiday season mm-hmm. and then finished it in the new year. Um, the essays ranged from 
hilariously funny to, you know, a tearjerker to thought provoking scientific, just like what you experience from the moss mm-hmm. or this American life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you love those storytelling elements of those podcasts, then all these wonders is for you. And this is fun. I do not remember the name of it. So that makes me not the world's best bookseller, <laughs> but I believe based on the catalogs, the countless catalogs I've been countless. going through, um, they are putting out a second collection of oh, this. Oh, great. So I would go ahead and read all these wonders and see if it's for you. I think it's really for everyone just because the, the type of essays and stories run the gamut. Like, I think anybody... And what a great gift book. Like, yeah. I know that the holiday season is over, but what a lovely gift um, book to gift someone. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if you like it, then a second collection is coming out, I think, either late spring, early summer. Um, so all these wonders by the creators of The Moth. Excellent. Um, because we've got a lot, I'm going to be the buzzer person today. I know. Um, and so it's going to be two minutes per book. All right. Here we so go. So let's talk about Becoming by Michelle Obama. Okay. Look. Or I Becoming c- Michelle Obama, which is <laughs> yeah. really kind of the title. <laughs> yes. Um, I won't belabor, but... Wherever you fall on the political spectrum, this book is so much better than you're expecting it to Mm. be. So even somebody like me who was intrigued, I kind of thought, oh, this is another celebrity memoir, Mm -hmm. whatever. Then I saw a couple of her interviews and I was like, "Eh, I might want to try this. So I asked for it for Christmas. It is phenomenal. Right. I read it. She's not just a celebrity. She's a highly accomplished individual. No, she's a highly accomplished woman, but still a lot of these memoirs, get ghostwritten. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. I do not actually think this one was ghostwritten. I'm sure there was some editing and things like that. Oh, of course. Because of how books work. Yeah, but I think I think she really did write the majority of this. I read this, immediately passed it along to my father. He and I uh, vary a little bit on political beliefs, and he adored it. Mm. He, in turn, bought a copy for the waitress at Sweetgrass Dairy. <laughs> Oh, because she wanted one and he wanted to gift it to her, which I think is really adorable. That's the sweetest thing. My point being, give this book a chance mm-hmm. because, and I, I read some reviews. Um, I don't know who, like, I think some people were like, uh, it's a little slow to start. I did not think so. I found her childhood to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I found their marriage to be really interesting because they are two very different people. Yeah. And I think, you don't get a ton of that uh, from the other Obama memoirs, mm-hmm. like the White House memoirs from mm-hmm. that era. This is really personal, a look at who she is, who she became mm-hmm. um, through the process of her husband becoming the president. I found it to be incredibly thought-provoking, delightful. We're going to do a community book club discussion on it um, because I just think there's so much to talk about with it. That sounds great. Yeah. Let's talk about leading men. Okay. She had a different reaction to. Yeah. So all of the books I read this month, I adored. This one, not so much. But I almost think it's because the other books I read were so good. Were so good. Mm. Leading Men, I think, comes out on February 12th. I liked it. So that's what I'm trying to say here. Like, I didn't dislike it. It's just I loved mm-hmm. so many other books that I read. And I especially keep in mind, I do these in order of when I read them. So right. this was coming off of Becoming. Uh-huh. Um, but Leading Men, if you're not familiar, is a book about um, kind of 1950s. It's set in 1950s Italy. Um, and it's about Tennessee Williams okay. and his um, secretary slash lover. Um, there's some Truman Capote in there. Mm-hmm. So if you like that time period, which I do, and Jordan and I had visited Tennessee Williams' birthplace earlier Mm -hmm. in 2018. So I was totally intrigued. 
this is really it's less about Tennessee Williams and more about his lover and whose name I am so sorry is is um, has left me but the book really belongs to him mm. um, and kind of his devotion to Tennessee Williams and um, I loved the setting of this book if you liked Tangerine mm-hmm. then this has you definitely get a very strong sense of place I actually loved this book more the back half mm. and I also loved the author's note this sounds not unlike the whale it was about Hawthorne and Melville. yes I remember yeah. yes okay so like historical in that it's about real people and is constructed probably from some real documents yes but still fictionalized yes it's for sure fictionalized and it bounces back and forth between kind of sort of modern Mm -hmm. era and then 1950s you really get a look at this kind of fictional they did create that he did create this character um this fictional actress Mm. who tennessee williams met and then kind of her career took off from there she is totally fictionalized Mm -hmm. um but i found her story to be pretty compelling the book to me if you're looking for like a tennessee williams bio this is not that's not not what this is but if you're looking for like an Italian summertime kind of love story, kind of how do these people live their lives, like mm-hmm. that, then I think this could be for you. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, the Elephant in the Room. Okay. Look, this is a book I was never going to pick up mm-hmm. because the cover in my humble opinion, is not great. Mm. Um, We got the ARC, the title, and the cover. I was like, this probably isn't going to interest me. Fast forward, and a couple weeks ago, I read this really profound, well-done piece in The Atlantic about being overweight in America. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I saw that. I get to the bottom of it. I think, wow, this is excellent. I get to the bottom, and I see that he is the writer of The Elephant in the Room. So I rush to the bookshelf. I, I, I know this ARC. <laughs> I've, I've yes, seen it. Yes, you've seen it. Yeah. Where this ARC is sitting in our break room, I take it home, no pun intended, devour it. Like, it is so good. His writing, his name's Tommy Tomlinson. He is a journalist. You know I really love that journalistic of course, writing yeah. style. Reminds me a lot of Rick Bragg. Uh, okay. Um, because this guy's from North Carolina. There is some, for sure, Southern sentiment. Mm-hmm. He is writing so well about not only his, and he talks about this is his personal experience. It is not going to be the same mm-hmm. as um, Lindy West's, who wrote right. Shrill. He even mentions that. Like, I, he's like, I loved the book Shrill. That is not my story. My story is growing up in the South and coping with food. Right. And, and this is not a diet memoir. No. And people loving me and showing me love through food. And it is how he has coped with being overweight in America. And it is his quest to get healthier. Mm -hmm. But it does not read like a diet memoir or a diet how-to. Right. This is somebody who's truly, at least from what I can tell, trying to get healthy. Because the impetus for all of this was his sister dying. Mm. And him at a pretty young age and realizing, oh, my sister struggled with this. This could be my fate. I could leave the people I love behind before they're ready to say Mm -hmm. goodbye. Like, it is... Funny, um, also heart wrenching. I loved it. It was really. It good. sounds like a kind of essayistic exploration of this problem. Yes. This like kind of societal problem that we have, but like with a very personal yes. touch. Yes. He's not trying to like um, shout down a solution from the skies. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who recognizes that this is his personal story. But, I mean, he's also talking about just, I mean, things I have never thought about, like having to buy two airplane seats mm-hmm. instead of one. Like, just things I have not devoted a lot of time or energy right. to researching or thinking about. He really opens your eyes to that and yet is extremely self-deprecating and also um, also incredibly, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? 
um, it's touching. It's a really mm. touching memoir. I really liked it. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Sisters First. Okay, so after the Michelle Obama memoir, I also for Christmas asked for Sisters First by the Bush Twins. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, I follow Jenna Bush Hager on Instagram. I find her to be delightful. I think I would love and be BFF with Barbara Bush. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get I'm, that. I'm speculating, but I just feel like we could be MFEO. Um, but what <laughs> made for each other? Uh, okay. Sleepless in Seattle. It's fine. Um, so been a long time. <laughs> so so I read this memoir. Look, it is not the well-written, compelling memoir that Becoming is. Mm-hmm. But if you are just looking for like really sweet interactions between two sisters Mm -hmm. and some insight into the White House um, and perhaps some more nuance to that White House, then I think this book is for you. I loved it. I thought it was incredibly, again, touching because I don't have a sister, so it's fun for me to see that sister relationship. They're twins. They are incredibly close, but very different people. Um, And they don't shy away from that. I also loved hearing about their upbringing. I learned a lot about George H.W. and Barbara Bush. I did not know Barbara Bush was kind of the tough woman. And George H.W. was like... The kindly was, grandfather. Yeah, the, yeah. the softy. Um, they, Barbara Bush had an essay in there about 9-11 and what that looked like for her. And you just forget that they were college students yeah. whose dad was in danger. Like, right. whose dad was in danger, but also Barbara Bush was at Yale. She watched friends, have family. All mm-hmm. of her Secret Service team was originally from New York. So mm-hmm. she wrote really well about that particular event, and it was interesting to see it through her lens. Yeah. Um, this is just a good book to read if you are if you want a fun memoir. I, I've also heard, and I suspect this is true, that the audiobook is fantastic because okay. they read it. Um, so if you saw Vice... And you're yes. looking for maybe a different aspect, that is a correct. different perspective on this. Like, check out the Bush Twins. Yes. The thing I left that book with, because I saw Vice, mm-hmm. the thing I left the book with was there is so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Right. That does not mean um, imperfect policies shouldn't be called out and addressed. Right. Exactly. And interestingly, Barbara Bush does a good job of that because she politically is a little bit different from her family, I think. Um, but... Also, it was just a, such a almost breath of fresh air reminder that the world is nuanced mm-hmm. and there are people behind the policies. Right. So anyway, I really liked it. That sounds great. Um, let's talk about when you read this. Okay. When you read this is, are you ready for this? Epistolary novel. Oh, you got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, <laughs> um, it's an epistolary novel that reads to me a lot like Rainbow Rawls. Uh, attachments. Okay. So if you liked that kind of rom-com vibe, then this is for you. The exception is that it is rooted in grief. So it is very funny rom-com material, but also kind of an interesting treatise on how we grieve. So it, the letters or emails are between um, this man who owns like a PR firm and his coworker has died. His coworker kind of assistant has died. And he winds up emailing the sister of the coworker because he has found his coworker's kind of almost memoirs, like her blog about what it was like to die, to be dying. Okay. Um, and he kind of reaches out to the sister to say, Hey, I think we should publish this. I think your sister would have wanted this. Mm-hmm. And there kind of a love hate relationship blossoms between the two of them. There's a very weirdly funny, um, I think supposed to be very millennial uh, college intern mm. who we also get his perspective, which is a much needed kind of 
shot of humor into the book. I really liked this one. It's a quick read because it's an epistolary novel, but it's more than just a rom-com. It's also, yeah, about about what it's like to leave your life behind. Mm. Um, I really, I closed it and I thought, wow, this was really good. It took me a minute to get into, and that, I think, is the case for me with epistolary novels because it kind of takes you a minute to get the voices. You really need to, yeah. You So you really do have to give it a little bit of time to get to, because at first I was like, I don't know if I like these people. And then you, as you read more of them, you understand who the characters are more. Yes, yeah. and you're reminding yourself, oh, I'm only getting them, that's the point. I'm through only getting voice. them through their essays and right. through their emails. And so it took me a minute to like these people, but then when I did, by the end, I just was very struck by them. Um, it's good if you liked the attachments, obviously, but also if you liked um, City Baker's Guide to Country Living. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the next one is The Care and Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls. Yes. This is also really good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I read so you, many you good You read a lot of great ones this month. Which I think is why I read so many, because I really didn't hit a dud, and so I was mm-hmm. able to just keep going. Um, this is by Anissa Gray. This is a debut novel. She is a journalist, or was a journalist for CNN. Um, I loved this book. Publishers compare it, are comparing it to The Mothers and An American Marriage. Those are That's high praise. For sure. mostly meets that. Um, So it is about three sisters who um, live in kind of a close-knit community. Their eldest sister, um, after kind of a difficult upbringing, their eldest sister, who was kind of their matriarch, winds up going to prison. And the one of the only like real flaws I see, and it was fine with me as a reader, but I think some readers are going to be reading this book and thinking, tell me why she's in prison. Give me more details about her crimes. We don't get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And to me, the story really does not belong to that sister. The story belongs to the two sisters trying to cope with her with the consequences of her behavior. So they're having to raise her daughters. Um, they're having to fight their way... Uh, past the reputation that now exists in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the the lack of detail about um, one of the main protagonists kind of prison time and why she's there didn't bother me because I actually thought her story was the least interesting. Mm. And, and maybe that could just be me. Um, I thought the most compelling parts of the book were the two sisters, one of whom has kind of left gone to Chicago, lived her life, and now is coming back to try to help. And then one who has stayed rooted in home. And they have all of these kind of things they're dealing with from their own childhoods that kind of come up. The book deals a lot with trauma. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff you might be able to guess from the title about eating disorders and Mm -hmm. things like that. So the book handles a lot of... There's a lot of heft here. There's a lot of things that the author is really dealing with, but she handles it, I think, really well. Um, And the result is... A thoroughly page turner of a story. It's really um, compelling. Mm. So it's thoroughly compelling. Um, I'm not sure. I, in fact, I know I didn't love it like I loved the mothers, mm-hmm. but I loved the mothers. Mm-hmm. This is a solid four star book for me. That's great. Yeah. Um, the next one is very different, but you also really liked. But the current guys, I cannot get over. I gave this book five stars. I know you were like su- <laughs> surprised. <laughs> Surprised at how much you love this? Yes, I think so. And I don't know if it's because I was just kind of expecting standard suspense thriller. Mm -hmm. And it certainly provides you with that. Like, you definitely want to know what happens. Basically, these two young women are traveling um, to from Memphis up to, I believe, Minnesota. And they encounter kind of these guys at the, this gas station. I mean, it felt very real to me. And then as they're leaving the gas station, they kind of get caught in a snowbank. Mm-hmm. A car taps them. 
they go over, they land in, on ice. Like it is, you are reading and you're just, you're there. Like I cannot describe to you how atmospheric and descriptive this novel is without ever getting bogged down mm -hmm. in those descriptions. I just felt like I was there. I felt how cold it was. I felt how terrified they were. And you kind of find out um, another girl died in a similar way. Are these things related? What's going on? Um, I loved this book. The reason I gave it five stars instead of four, even though four means I really do yeah. love it, um, was because I thought the writing was so good. Like, I could not get over it. It reminded me, do you remember the book that came out a couple years ago called History of Wolves? Yes. Which was really literary. Mm -hmm. That's what this reads to me. Like, it is very literary. Interesting. And yet, feels very true grit, true detective. Like, there's kind of this, they're in iowa minnesota area and so like there are definitely these almost cowboy type sheriffs like okay, that yeah. make me feel like tommy lee jones could star in uh -huh. this um it is and then yeah it, i have so many things to say about it it's so good i we need to get some more people on this one yeah the current but and by tim johnston and i did get a couple people ask me on instagram i read his first book descent mm -hmm. sydney read it when she worked here and loved it okay it is it is really good i don't recall it being five stars but i do recall really enjoying it so it's, interesting it's about a family that goes on vacation and their kid goes missing i remember that yeah it's really so he is doing something really neat and i don't see him getting I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but in the circles I travel uh -huh. in, I don't see him getting a ton of attention for but he's it. He's doing suspense, but doing it really, really well. Yeah, like really, because it it is a suspense novel for sure, but it's also just definitely, again, one of those books that's like a sense of place. You know what? Um, if you liked and read Ordinary Grace, mm. I think this is another book okay. that would be really good. Okay, great. Yeah. And the last one you finished this month is I Think You're Wrong. I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. Uh, so this this is kind of a precursor. I know that I'm going to finish this before the end of the month because this month is never ending. That's right. Um, but, we've got a whole two and a half days left. Yeah, but this book is um, the new book coming out next week by the Women of Pantsuit Politics. Okay. I'm halfway through it. Um, I'm planning to interview them for a special bonus episode. That's right. Um, Keep your ears out for that. Guys. Even if you don't listen to Pantsuit Politics, I definitely don't think you have to listen to their podcast like this book. Um... I also don't think you have to like politics to be into this book. Mm. I am have been, and I want to talk to them about this. I've been very struck with how this is really just have, how to have good conversations and discourse in our very polarized world. Mm -hmm. Because it is not just polarized by politics. Right. I feel like every conversation I encounter, we're coming at things with a lot of intensity. Right. And this book is all about how to have more thoughtful, constructive, nuanced conversations. I have been blown away. I and I'm not just saying that because I know them. Like I think we have to sometimes be careful about that. For sure. Um, kind of how I felt about Knox McCoy's book. I felt mm -hmm. we were giving it a star rating because we know him. Right. But it was really good. That's how I feel about this. Like I don't ever want to like tell people to buy something just because we know the authors right. or whatever. Um, but this is really this is really thoughtful, and I haven't read a book like this before. Like maybe some maybe some general nonfiction like as we've talked about like personal growth books mm -hmm. I could understand might be comp titles but this is really a, what they're doing is really original I think and as we gear up believe it or not for 2020 heaven help us all like <laughs> I just feel like this could be a great primer for 
how to engage with the people we love and maybe even the people we don't love. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if the book is called, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. That's it's really good. That sounds really good. Yeah. We will have them on the show yes. uh, next week. How'd I do? Pretty all right. Yeah. We're at 32 minutes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased with that. Um, I did finally finish Hunting Hill House. Okay. What'd you think? I loved it. Okay. It was incredible. Um, so as I've said before, like the show, which is also incredible, is loosely inspired by the book. Yeah. It takes the concept of the haunted house and some names of the characters, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm pleased with that. I thought it was wonderful. Um, I want to read more Shirley Jackson. I've read We've Always Lived in the Castle. I thought you had. Um, and I really liked that. I think I read that in two sittings. Okay. Um, around the time I started working here. Um, so, yep. All right. I'm a big fan of that. Good. I also started the Old French Lancelot Grail Cycle. Oh, what is that? Um, it that is. Sounds, that sounds like something I want to check out for the library ASAP. Um, so it is very, very long. <laughs> published in 10 volumes in modern translation. Okay. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going <laughs> to read the part of it that I'm writing about in my dissertation, but it is in an early 13th century prose rendering of the Arthurian legend. It's the first time in history that someone tried to collect all the various legends and put them into one cohesive narrative. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, that's interesting that to me. Is. Like, because why? Why would a person even try to do that? But they did. Okay. Probably not one person, probably several, but fascinating to me. Good for you. Yeah. I'm real proud of you for finishing a non dissertation related book. And it took me a long time. Doesn't matter. Because. That's a win. I, yep. You've got a lot going on. Because the thing is, I read all day, every day. Right. I read and write all day, every day. And the last thing I want to do when I relax is read more. Well, I told you, we've talked about this before. Law school, I joke, law yeah. school ruined Jordan's reading habits. Yeah. Because. Because it was exhausting. Yeah. Like, he read all day. Why would he come home and read to relax? And so, like, reading Shirley Jackson, which is just a very small, short book that has small, short chapters, mm-hmm. was great for me for that. Yeah. Because I could revel in kind of the lyricism of it and yeah. the spooky stuff she talks about yeah. sometimes. God bless it, short it chapters, very, very different. Too. Honestly, short chapters are what I need right now. Well, I was going to say, I hope this isn't a sign of, like, my waning attention span. But And I loved Unsheltered, but I was talking to a customer about those long, long chapters. chapters. Oh, my gosh. And then I read The Current. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I loved The Current so much, it was so atmospheric that I wanted shorter chapters. Mm. So, like you just said, I could relish in the lyricism yeah. of it. Whereas if it's a long chapter, you almost feel like you're slogging through. And I think, unfortunately, Unsheltered got that way for some readers. Whereas The Current is beautiful and Mm -hmm. lyrical, but the chapters are short. And I'm so grateful for short chapters. I don't know. And look, people are going to talk about how this is a failing of the millennial generation. We don't have attention spans or whatever. But I, as a scholar of book history, can tell you that books always change their form. And the length of chapters, the length of sections every generation yeah they are different because people have different tastes and different expectations of what a book is and so like sorry not sorry (laughs) short chapters are great and there's nothing not literary about that And for those of us who unlike you do read in bed i need short chapters or i will be up forever i read the book entirely in bed did you yep i'm kind of proud of that yeah good for you man thank you Sin. 
the Front Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Or you can even just click into the show notes in the details tab on Apple Podcasts, and there will be links to all of the books that we talked about today if they are currently available for sale. Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album Forlorn Strangers. You can learn more at forlornstrangers.com or follow them on Instagram at The Rally Club because they are a different band now. <laughs> If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content like last week's Unpopular Opinions, you can check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also find us at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. Look, funny things aren't happening here right now because we <laughs> Because are, there are two people working in the store. There are two people working and we are exhausted. Yeah. And so I literally this morning while I was putting on my makeup was like, what funny story can I share? And then I was like, I do not have one. <laughs> I got nothing. Things are not funny. They are. They're, we're still somehow at the end of this month having a good attitude about it, but it, we're short staffed. There's nothing funny to say. <laughs> I had a student turn in, and I, I never, ever, 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 ever make fun of my students ever as a rule because it defeats the purpose of education, but <laughs> I had a student refer to King, Ar- King Arthur as author okay. in a written reading response like 12 times, capital A, oh, U-T-H-O-R. Written. I was going to say I was going to say spoken. spoken is different right. because that's, that you know, you time. can mispronounce whatever, but to write the name author despite ostensibly having read the entire homework I assigned <laughs> doesn't make a ton of it's sense. Not great. It's not great. Not a good great. look. And so like I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that this is maybe just a terrible autocorrect incident. Yeah. That she didn't capitalize Arthur and then it, it like autocorrected to author. Sure. And somehow also capitalized it. That's very That's gen- what I'm gonna believe. That's, generous of you. That's what I'm gonna choose to believe. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>